This is the One Thing Podcast, where we teach you the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. My name's Jeff Woods. I'm the vice president here at the One Thing team. Have you ever found yourself getting home and you're with the people that matter most to you and your mind is somewhere else? Maybe your kids are in front of you and you're thinking about what happened at your job that day. You're having a conversation with your significant other and they're talking to you and you're thinking about something else. What do you think happens if day after day after day over the next five years, you continue to not be present? What do you think the quality of those relationships looks like? And are you happy with the answers? The conversation you're going to hear today was actually, I, I was being interviewed on the Carrot Cast, which is another podcast. I had met uh, the CEO of that company, Trevor Mock, through a mutual friend, Russell Brunson, who has a company called ClickFunnels. And Trevor interviewed me for the show and pretty quickly we ended up turning the tables on him and talking about forming power habits and how you can be present. He's, he's really wanting to go on a 66-day challenge to being present with his family because that's what matters most to him. As we had this conversation, I was thinking to myself, you know what, this is so valuable. We got to share it with you too because we know you may be struggling here as well. So as you listen to this episode, ask yourself the questions that I'm asking Trevor. Ask yourself what you can do to implement this and what the cost is if you choose not to. And we hope that you enjoy this podcast episode with Trevor Mock of The Carrot Cast. Eating healthy is an investment. It's an investment in yourself, but it also often requires an investment of your time. But good news is Factor has delicious ready-to-eat meals that are ever fresh and never frozen. They're chef-created, dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. With Factor, you can choose from a weekly menu of up to 35 options, including popular things like Calorie Smart or Keto Direction or Protein Plus or Vegan and Veggie. Also discover 60 more add-ons every week like breakfast on the go, lunch snacks, beverages to help you stay fueled, feel good all day. And we know our listeners here at The One Thing are focused on health and health goals. That's why we choose to partner with Factor. And if you visit factormeals.com slash 150 and use code 150, you can get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. Again, that's factormeals.com slash ONE50 and use code ONE50 to get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. Hey guys and gals, this is Trevor with Carrot, and I'm crazy pumped about today's podcast. And uh, I, I probably say that quite a bit, but this one right here, it's been it's been one I've been wanting. Uh, it's honestly happened for years. Uh, I, I read this book years and years ago, and I remember looking at the names of the people who wrote the book, Gary and then Jay, and following both of them, and just really admiring the work that they had been doing. And kind of serendipity kicked in, and we'll kind of talk about how I connected with Jeff here in a second. Uh, and um, and introduce you here to, uh, to Jeff, but serendipity uh, is a big thing for me. I know sometimes when you put the intention out there, somehow magically those things land in front of you. And uh, Jeff is the VP, the vice president of the One Thing, so he's the dude who heads up the whole company that is the One Thing and works personally with Gary and Jay. And I've just been such a fan 
of Jeff's work on the One Thing podcast, on everything that they're doing over there. Jeff is the driving force of it. And just so insanely pleased to have Jeff Woods of the One Thing on this podcast. Thanks for having me, Trevor. Appreciate it, man. One thing I want to toss, want to dive into here, Jeff, is of course kind of the way that I, I think kind of we, we met serendipitously. You didn't know it until we had met, but I came across the podcast. It was actually Russell Brunson, who's a, a, a mutual friend of ours. And uh, I've been listening to Russell's stuff for quite some time. I'm in Russell's mastermind. And I heard this episode where he talked about listening to another guy's podcast. And he's like, I, I listened to this podcast and the questions this guy was asking just so drilled down into like the core of what I needed to do. He goes, man, it was like magic, the questions he was asking. And so he ended up getting a hold of you. And then he was telling us in the mastermind how much of a big difference having you work with him directly was. I'm like, if I could just meet that guy, if I could just meet that guy and somehow absorb some of the ways that he thinks about things, like what could be possible in 2018, mm. 2019, the rest of my life. Three weeks later, I show up to Boise, Idaho, walk into the room uh, for this event that I had no clue you were going to be at. The very first name tag I see is Jeff Woods. And I'm like, <laughs> so how does this happen? Right. So that's how I want, I want to kind of leave it with it from there. And we'll kind of talk probably a little bit briefly about some of the conversations we've had and stuff. But why don't you tell, why don't you tell everyone, Jeff, what you do, first of all, and then um, kind of that connection to Gary Keller, Jay Papasan, who they are and uh, why you do the work you do. So uh, for five years, I was in medical device sales, which was an amazing job. And I think a lot of people can relate to waking up every day, going to a job, maybe you're happy and yet you're not fulfilled. That's that's where I was. And cutting through all the the details, the truth is I was making too much money and had too nice of golden handcuffs on to ever try to make a change until two things happened. A colleague of mine had a stroke when he was 35. And at that time, my wife and I had just bought a house in Orange County. We just had our first daughter and she's a stay-at-home mom. And I'm thinking to myself, if, if, if my colleague and I had switched places, what would happen to my family? And that was really unsettling. And then the next week, my company needed to make a change to our commission structure to remain competitive in the marketplace. And overnight, I took a 40% pay cut. And so those two things back to back made me realize that uh, now is the time. I've got to start taking action. And I set on this journey to surround myself with the right people. Inspired by that Jim Rohn quote, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And I ended up surrounding myself with an army of really cool mentors. I started my first podcast called The Mentee to record those conversations. And as a result of having that podcast, I had an opportunity to interview Jay Papazian, who co-authored The One Thing with Gary Keller. Uh, Jay was actually our speaker at our national sales meeting for my medical device company. And after the interview, I asked him where they needed help and said they were looking to sell more books. And so I plugged him in with all of my podcaster friends. He didn't know that I was connected to some of the top podcasters in the world. So I got him booked on some of the best shows. And then I circled back. What are you working on? How can I help you? (laughs) And he said, we're looking to sell more books. He didn't know that I wrote for entrepreneurs. So I wrote an article and uh, started blasting it on social media. And I saw him retweeting some of my posts. And I said, what are you working on? How can I help you? And he said, Gary and I are looking for a CEO for a new publishing company. And I said, I know three guys who would be a great fit. Let's talk so I can connect you to the right person. Again, trying to bring value. So four times I went out of my way to try to bring value to someone who was where I wanted to be and that I wanted to be in a relationship with. When we got on the phone, he described what they were looking for and he described me. Really? Yeah. You talk about serendipity. Um, You're talking to the guy that's got two speeds, fast forward and off. And in that (laughs) moment, when he told me that, I said, Jay, I've got some thoughts. Let me call you back in a few days. 
And I sat in my car in silence for five minutes, which I'd never done before, just processing. I walked straight into my house, looked my wife in the eyes and said, I just had this phone call and I wouldn't be surprised if we end up moving to Texas. And she looks at me and she goes, what? And I go, hold on. And I ran to my office, (laughs) grabbed my microphone and had to document it because I knew this was a defining moment in my life. And that ended up becoming episode 57 of The Mentee. You fast forward, uh, I ended up moving my family to Austin, Texas in November of 2015. And I now get to call Gary Keller and Jay Papazan partner. And I run the whole company behind the book. Dude, there's there's a few things I want to unpack in your story there because, man, so first of all, have you ever read the book, The Go-Giver? Uh, yeah, I interviewed Bob Berg, actually. Dude, so that right there, that's that's another book that I've given away 100 plus copies of as The Go-Giver, given a ton of the, the, the one thing away. And The Go-Giver is just kind of one of those, in my mind, one of those fundamental things I think every human being should read, especially as when they're younger, but younger, but as soon as you can read it, because it like really adopts you into the mindset that you laid out there. It's not really how can I get mine right away. It's how do I help someone get theirs? And then the world, the universe finds a way to get you get you yours at the end. Right. And man, so we were when we were in Boise, you mentioned that story to me and I'm going, man, so he he could have easily been looking for a way to just get his. You know, how how can I suck information out of Jay and and make make me more effective? Can we grab coffee so I can pick your brain? Like that's, Mm -hmm. that's all one-sided, no value exchange there. Yeah. No. And it was consistent too. So you didn't just do it once and then go, yeah, so I did my one, I I did my thing and then now I'm waiting for it to come back. Right. So was, was there any sense of when you did it, when you helped them out the first time and the second time, was there any sense of, Hey, when are they going to reciprocate or I'm still in a relationship? So when we have to rewind, when I was quote at rock bottom and my income gets cut and month after month, we're hemorrhaging cash. It gets to the point where my bank account's almost at zero. And I'm looking at my wife and my baby, baby girl, wondering how am I going to put food on the table or keep a roof over the head? Like the, the pain's really high in my life. As I started surrounding myself with the right people, something surprised me. The most successful people I was able to meet showed up looking to give rather than looking to get. Mm-hmm. They weren't asking people what they uh, to help them. They would sit down with you, being way more successful than you, and look you in the eyes and ask, "What's going on in your world? How can I help you?" And that blew me away. Like, why is this person who I'm surprised is even talking to me asking me how they can help me? It left such an impression that I decided that I was going to start in every single interaction asking a question before I even said a word to this person. I asked. What are they working on and how can I help them? And what happened over time that I now understand is I ended up forming a really powerful habit, the habit of just coming from value. It's now in my bones. When I approach somebody, I don't even have to think about it. I'm just wondering where in their world are they struggling and how can I bring value to them in some way, shape or form? So it was less about keeping score with Jay. It was more the fact that I'd become the type of person who helps others get what they want first. Dude, and that right there is what I want people to rewind that, listen to that, okay? Because that right there is a fundamental mind shift, mindset shift in the way that you show up to life. And I so want everyone listening to this episode of the Cast to start to make that mindset shift if you haven't. Because I can tell you what, man, when, when I made that shift years ago, and I'll sometimes catch myself going, ah, like, no, let, let me get back in that. Because sometimes I, I, I will pull out of it and I don't want to, but sometimes you do. 
And I'm like, as soon as I made that mindset shift, you become happier. Yeah. I, I know for me, there's nothing, there's no catch. There's no, you're not tying this thing you're doing for someone to something Correct. that you hope gets in return. And then therefore, if you don't get that, there's this angst going, Oh, I, I did X and I didn't get it back. I'm not going to do X for someone else now. And I see that with a lot of people where there's this kind of grudge that's held that they pass over to go, well, that person didn't give it back. So I'm not going to give it to this person. Yeah. Well, let me, you mentioned that the reason Russell reached out to me was because I asked questions that were provoking. So let me ask a provoking question. Yeah. I want you to imagine your life five years from now. Hmm. What will your life look like five years from now if every single day you show up constantly looking to get something from other people? How deep will your relationships be? How much do you think would naturally and organically start flowing in your direction in the form of abundance when you approach consistently through that mindset? Now flip it. What would your life look like if every single day you just showed up looking to bring value, not keeping score, you were the type of person who helped others get what they want first? What would be possible for you that wouldn't have been possible before? When we look on a very short time period, what, what's happening today, this week, this month, that's where most people live, right? They show up in an interaction, they wonder, the immediate gratification, what can I get from this now? They're thinking too small. One of the greatest gifts I've gotten being in relationship with Gary Keller is the gift of thinking bigger. When you think bigger and you go out someday five or five years from now and imagine what that activity looks like over time, that's where you see hockey stick growth in your life. Dude, so when we were in Boise, you, you, you asked me some questions. There are some other people around us too. And I can't remember the exact conversation we were having, but it was something around uh, the future of our business. And yes, the same question to other people there. And so you mentioned how you, you throw out, you, you ask really thought provoking questions. And that was what drew me to you. when I listened to that episode of that podcast and like the questions he's asking are very simple questions, but they're asked in a very logical order that it gets you to come to your own conclusion, which is the powerful part. And there's this question you asked me at that time and, uh, or, or a statement you made about the questions I was asking, which yes. was good. You said, you said, you need to ask bigger questions. When you ask bigger questions, you get bigger answers, dude. So was that something, where, where did you come across that, I guess? And, or does that come natural? Well, first and first and foremost, it's in the one thing. <laughs> yep. So exactly. G Gary talks about setting goals. Most people, when they set goals, they only ask so big of a question, which means they only find so big of an answer. They ask, what, what can I accomplish this year? They look at what their current capacity is, their current skill set, their current comfort zone, and they find an answer. The challenge is, is when you only ask a question that's that big, you're not stretching yourself. That's not where extraordinary results lie. And then you've got people that will stretch it a little bit. They'll go to the outer edge of their comfort zone. They'll push it. They set stretch goals. That's still not where extraordinary results lie. The, the value, again, of thinking bigger, having Gary in my world, and now having some of the best coaches in the world in my life is they ask questions that are so big that when you get asked them, there's silence. And it's usually met by a, Hmm. <laughs> Great question. They require you to search for a different answer. Let me give you an example. 
our business behind the one thing. We create amazing content people can't live without. We create training that helps people take back control of their time. We have this training program called Living Your One Thing. And I remember it took two years of me building the business to get to the point where we had gotten like 700 people into the program at the time. And I remember sharing with one of my coaches, I've worked my ass off for two years to get to the point where I've got 700 members in and it's just happening so slowly. And his, the question he asked me was not, well, what would you have to do to get another 700 in half the time? Like That's, that's only so big. He said, great. What would you have to do to get 50,000 in the next 12, in the next 12 months? Like it's such a big question that I had no immediate answer. And when I went searching for that answer, I started to come up with realistic steps that I could take such that by taking them would completely shift the trajectory of our company. I just needed somebody to ask a bigger question. Dude, so that, that question right there, that's an awesome question because when, when you told that story, I'm going, okay. And, and I, I asked myself that question quite a bit after our conversation. We're really growing fast for our industry, for our niche of a niche. We're going to be expanding into other industries. And you know, we're a multimillion, one of the top uh, fastest growing companies in America, top thousand anyway. Um, top 10 in Oregon. It's like, we're growing fast. So I was thinking like, oh, we're, we're doing good, which we are doing great. I've been insanely great, grateful about that. When you asked the question, I'm going, man, like what would it take for us to go to 20 million, 40 million? Mm-hmm. And I start to pull back there. And I, 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 the questions that I was thinking about then was like, whoa, so I wouldn't be able to do any of these things anymore, nor should I. <laughs> it, it became less, what do I need to do? And it became more, who, who do I need Ooh. to find? Well, there you go. Um, Anytime you find that you're hitting up against a ceiling of achievement in your life, you're missing a person. Usually it's either in the form of a mentor or a coach to help expand your thinking or in the form of leverage to free you up to do higher producing activities. So you've been, what I just heard you say, Trevor, is you've been going down this cycle, leading the company, doing an amazing job considering the growth compared to all the other companies in the country. And the moment you get, you, you get asked a bigger question, you start searching for a bigger answer and you realize that all the time you're asking, what should I be doing? You're wasting your time because it's not even about what you should be doing. You should be finding the who, the people who can, you can succeed through. Dude, so that that's that's big right there. And that was an epiphany for me, you know, in those coming weeks after we connected. I'm going, man. So as I was leading into 2018 and doing my goals, a lot of my stuff became the who. You know, we brought on a a leader um, at the executive level on the customer success team. They're leading that now. We're bringing on other leaders here and there. So that was a big mindset shift for me. And I just want to toss uh, kudos over to you to thank you for uh, forcing me to think about that stuff and asking those questions, man. So well, let's 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 be real clear about something. I didn't force you to do anything and all the kudos get to come right back to you. I just asked a question. You actually did something about it. You actually searched for an answer. And when you found an answer, you actually implemented it. That's, that's the difference that makes the difference. How many of you listening to this have ever listened to a podcast that you thought, wow, that was a great episode. It finished and you went on with your life and didn't make a single change. Mm-hmm. Right? The the answers are in front of all of us. The question that I have for you is what are you doing to implement and pick up those breadcrumbs that are in front of you? Mm-hmm. Dude, so I kind of want to I want to take that and I'll transition to something else. So let, let's 
Yeah, I could, I could sit for hours and, and hear your questions. And like, I, I love the way that you just really dig to what's important. And every single person should go to the one thing.com with the number one, go to the one thing.com or go to Amazon or wherever, uh, but go to the one thing.com for sure. And get the book, the one thing for those of you watching the video version of this, I was telling Jeff, I'm like, man, for like three years, I've had this strapped to my computer. And for those of you that are watching it, and if you've read the one thing book, you recognize what it is, but I'm going to read this. And I have written on here the focusing question. Is That's that correct. what you guys call it? That's correct. Because cool. I wrote this literally three years ago. So uh, what it says, actually, let me let, let, let me throw it over to you because you're going to say it in a much better yeah. way because you've said it 8,000 times. What is the focusing question? Why is it so important? The focusing question is a question that if you developed the habit of asking this question in any area of your life, Gary would suggest to you that this is the success habit. If there's one habit you can form around success... It's asking this question. What's the one thing I can do such that by doing it, everything else will be easier or unnecessary? Now let's break it down. What's the one thing? Not two things, not three things, one thing. One, no negotiation, one. I can do, meaning you have the capacity to do it. It's not something you feel like you should do it. You'll feel guilty if you don't do it. Somebody's telling you you should do it. You actually can do it such that by doing it, meaning you do it, everything else is easier or unnecessary. That last part's what makes it a big question. It is one thing that you can do such that by doing it makes everything else easier. Or unnecessary. It becomes the success habit when you look at what you got to do for the day. Well, what is the one thing I can do today such that by doing it, everything else would be easier or unnecessary in my business? In your marriage, what's the one thing I can do for my marriage such that by doing it would make everything else easier or unnecessary? What is the one thing I can do for my finances such that by doing it would build, make building wealth easier or unnecessary? You can direct it in any area of your life. And when you really search for the big answers, uh, you end up finding that really small domino that you can knock down. And that's where extraordinary results come from. Man, so it's funny that the first probably year that I had this up on my computer, um, for some reason, I was focusing on the part that said, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. So I'm looking down. It says, such that by doing it, everything else would become easier. Like for some reason, even though the words unnecessary, the word unnecessary was there, I locked into the easier part because I was so focused in these incremental changes of let me adjust this, a process here, you know, whatever it is. The year after that, and the next year, this is when it really started to take off to me. I'm like, I've been forgetting about that last word, the unnecessary part. Yeah. For me, that was the biggest change. Do you find that's pretty common that people don't pick that part of it up for some reason? Well, part of it is, um, it stems from the number one lie of productivity, the lie that everything matters equally. We find people look at their to-do list. They look at all these things that they need to do and they feel, they tell themselves the story that they have to do all of them. The truth is there are a handful of true priorities that if you did them, make a lot of that 80% work unnecessary. It's irrelevant. Uh, we had a, I think it was episode 125 of the One Thing podcast. I interviewed this woman named, named Jenny and she had been complicating her business, which for the business owners out there, you don't complicate your business, do you? Business isn't complicated, right? <laughs> uh, Never. And, and we walked through a system where she discovered the easy way to scale her business. And she was telling herself that she had to do all of these things. And when she really you hear me asking her all these questions. Um, she realized there was one thing that she could do, which was simply documenting her systems for like 10 minutes a day. 
something so small. And if she just did that for 45 days, it would actually make everything else easier or unnecessary, like irrelevant in her business. And she just, she was fighting it. She's like, no, that's too simple. It's like, and what's wrong with that? (laughs) Right? And that's the power of it, man. And and I know for me, that's, that's what my next several years of that journey became is looking at the word unnecessary and going, okay, you know, what is that one thing? Yeah. That can, that by doing it, everything else become easier, but or unnecessary. So I started keying in on that. Like you said, the whole to-do list and going, okay, do I have to do these? Or do we as a company even have to do these? We would give ourselves permission to go, you know what? That was kind of, we thought it was important a few months ago, but it's not really, let's just exit out. If it is, it'll, it'll come back. Yeah. That's cool. So I want to talk about power habits because those, those people who have been um, listening to the carrot cast for the past three or four months, you guys know my own journey on in the struggles that I've had with uh, with getting into some good habits. And historically, man, like I grew up an athlete, uh, played baseball in college and athletic family. But then as soon as I exited college, I kept on working out that next year and staying active. But then after that, it was downhill slide. Okay. So I'm 35 years old right now. And up until October of this last year, I hadn't worked out consistently, consistently for probably six years. I had been a member at all four gyms in town. <laughs> I tried like thinking that moving the place was going to solve it. And I have a whole episode for those of you guys who are listening on how I finally created what, what uh, Jeff would call a power habit in October around working out. Like it's just a part of my life now, but now I'm going, okay, where else in my life do I need to really hone in and put and forming those, ha- those habits? So can you explain power habits to people really fast and kind of what are your guys' methodologies for helping people create those? Yeah. There's a quote in the one thing from FM Alexander. People don't decide their futures. They decide their habits and their habits decide their futures. I love it. Love it. Where in your life are you relying on discipline, relying on willpower, relying on your work ethic to get your most important priorities done in any area of your life? That's like being the guy in the spandex shorts on the bicycle, working your tail off to muscle your way up the mountain. You have to work really hard. And at some point, you run out of steam. When you form a habit, it's like you suddenly get in the convertible and you put the car on cruise control and it just goes. The idea is, if you have a vision for your future, what habits can you acquire today? They would make achieving your goals in the future automatic. Trevor, can I ask you some questions to to narrow this down? Yes, please, please. Yes. I'm going to list seven areas of life. The seven most important areas of life, seven circles. I want you to pick one. Spirituality, your physical health, your personal life, your relationships, your job, meaning your specific job in the company. Your business, meaning the one thing you can do for your business overall, and your finances. If you could only pick one of those circles, what's the one area that needs attention most? It's probably the hardest one, man, for me. And that's that's relationships. You know, we're really strong at several others. And I'd, I'd love for you to ask me the hard yeah. questions around that. Well, I appreciate that you said for you, because that is for you, right? And for the people who are listening to this, if you did not identify a circle for yourself, rewind and ask and answer the question. You get to play along. When you look at your relationships, Trevor, what's that pain that's occurring that you know needs to change? The pain that I'm feeling or the pain that I assume assume that others are? 
take it where you want, answer however you think. Okay. I, I think for me, man, it's like, I, I know that I want to and, and need to be more present mentally with friends, family, my wife, my kids, and it's something I'm working on very hard, but I haven't created great habits around it. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel when that happens that, that of course people probably feel that they're not cared about as much when I find my mind drifting into other spots and then I've got to catch it and bring it back. So that's probably the pain that am I as important as this other stuff he's thinking about, which is probably business stuff. You know, share more about the being present thing. So here, here's an example, right? And I've gotten way better at this one, but still it's there where a year ago I'd walk in the house and uh, I created a habit where I don't bring the computer in the house. So like check that box. I don't work at the home. It's like, I feel good about that. But I bring this little computer in every day, which is my phone. And the phone, I found myself having that be something that does bring me away from my kids, as an example. Mm-hmm. You know, they run in the door, immediately run up and yelling, Daddy, and I'm, I'm hugging them, loving on them. We go and do what we're going to do. And then in those passing moments, I have a bad habit of if there's not something that my mind has attention on right now, it's like I will grab the thing or grab it off the counter and, and look through the digital pawn shop. You know, it's like... So I don't like that. Also, let's say that is gone and we're playing or I'm talking with my wife. There will be something in the day that turns into my brain and I'll catch myself. And my wife has caught me on it, too. And she's like, hey, you know, right here, I'm right here. And I'm like, geez, let's get rid of that. Yeah. What will happen? How old are your kids? Three, five, and seven. Three, five, and seven. So you've got anywhere from... Eight to probably 12 years left that they'll even want you to be active in their life. Yeah. So can we agree that there's actually only a finite amount of time left for you to truly be present with them while they, while they live under your roof? 100%. Okay. Yep. I want you to fast forward 15 years and I want you to imagine that you, can, you don't make a change. You choose to not make a change because inaction is a choice. You continue to come into the house and be on your phone. You continue to walk into your house and allow things from the day to occupy your mind share and steal your focus. How will the quality of those relationships, describe the quality of those relationships? Yeah, I mean, they, they won't be as, as deep. They, they won't be as deep as I want them to be or the kids would want, uh, for sure. I think the thing that... that that w- would hurt me the most is that, of course, you as the father or mother are the ultimate example for your kids. And one of the biggest things I'd be hurt the most on is that they think that that's how a father or a mother should be and that that's how they would be when they're a father or a mother. Like that would hurt big time that it's like, man, am I actually creating a great example for what a, a father should be? Okay. When you consider that possibility, that you're modeling what it looks like to be a father and it's a model that you don't actually support or believe in. And if that were the legacy that you leave, when you consider that, what are your emotions? Man, it's, it's, uh, it's not, not good <laughs> at all. You know, it's like you, you, start to, you start to think about it and go, man, that's something that's really hard to unwind. 
And it's not a good, like, it's not a good habit. I don't enjoy looking at my phone at 4.30 when I'm there and I walk in the kitchen. It's it's a really bad habit that fulfills time uh, or that fills time. Man, it, w- it wouldn't feel good at all. It'd feel like I like I squandered the opportunity with my children or my friends or my wife, wh- you know, wherever those situations are, wh- when I had them to be there. Uh, I have a very similar story where you had a friend who had a stroke. Um, my brother's best friend, which I was really close with too, had a brain aneurysm when I was, when he was 33 and he died, three, three young kids. And that was one of the things that really set me off in 2010, 11, 12 on a new journey in my life and really thinking about making sure that those moments matter and kind of almost living for Nick in those moments mentally. And I've found myself in some aspects as a distance away from that, that experience years ago that I'll have to like purposely get myself back into that state which helps me. So I am a better father. I'm a better person in relationships at that point, but I'll still find myself erring to the easy habits, which is these dumb little things that are distracting. Yeah. What do you think Nick would suggest to you in this moment? Oh, dude, that's like, that's really good. I mean, I know the answer and that's a really good question that you just asked right there, man. My, like my eyes are starting to water up. The, the answer would be obvious, you know, that, that that's nowhere in the top 1,000 priorities that should be in there. Okay. What would he suggest you do? Nick's watching you right now and he's saying, Trevor, this is the action. This is the change. Do this. What would it be? It's either leave. It's either leave the phone in the truck or find like a tray by the front door that's like, bam, that goes there and it doesn't leave it. Great. So now I'm going to ask the focusing question. Trevor, what's the one thing you can do? such that by doing it would make being present with your family easier or unnecessary? Today, go buy or get a tray to put on the table right by our front door. And if I buy it, I'm going to put it there. Okay. When will that be purchased by? Before the end of the day, today, before five o'clock. So I'm done with all my stuff at four. At four o'clock, I'm going to go do it. How will I know when it's done? I'm going to snap a picture and send it to you. <laughs> there we go. I'll, te- I'll text you a picture, man. Great. That's cool. Now that's the activity. Now let's talk about how we turn it into a power habit. Mm-hmm. Back in 2009, researchers at the University College of London did a study. They asked the question, how long does it take to form a habit that sticks? And there's, I don't know about you, I've heard 21 days, 30 days. Uh, what they found is the point of automaticity, that point when it requires little to no effort to keep it going is on average 66 days into the curve. So on average, 66 days. So here's what I want you to do. If you have not yet, Trevor, go to the one thing.com with the number one in the URL, click on the tab that says free stuff. Because we all love free stuff. And there'll I'm be, there. there'll be there. something that says 66 day challenge calendar. This is a PDF calendar you can print out. It's a single sheet. It's got 66 days on it. This came from a story from Jerry Seinfeld, actually. He was um back, he was backstage for an open mic night, and there was a guy who was an engineer who was gonna go out and he walked up to Jerry and said, Jerry, I want to become a stand-up comedian. What can I do to become a comedian? And Jerry said, Easy, write a joke a day. And the guy's like, write a joke a day. That's it. He said, actually, and go get one of those big wall calendars. And every day you write the joke, put a red X on the wall calendar. And the reason that's important is because you're going to find Trevor pretty fast. It becomes less about putting your phone in the tray. And soon it's going to become less about not breaking the chain. 
Yep. So you'll print this out. You'll put this someplace that's visible. I want you to share with your wife and with, and with your children what you're doing and why you're doing it. Dude, I love it. And do you want to raise the accountability a little bit more? Let's do it. Yes, yes, please. Yes. What's something that your kids would absolutely love for you guys to do together as a family that you don't often get to do? That's, that's a really good question because we it, that's one thing we've been insanely fortunate. We do tons and tons of things as a family. But uh, one thing that they always love to do that we haven't done quite uh, in quite some time, do they love to go to the movies? And it's been months since we went to the movies together as a family. Cool. How would they feel if daddy came home with his tray, put his phone in it, slapped that calendar on the side of the refrigerator and said, family meeting, I have not been present with you the way that I want to be. And you're the most important things in the world to me. And I am making a commitment to forming a habit of not being on my phone and being present with you the moment I walk in the door. So here's how this is going to work. Every day that I walk in the door and I put this phone in the tray, I get to put a red X on this calendar until it becomes a habit. And when daddy completes 66 days of doing this, we are going to go as a family to the movies. And if I don't complete it, we don't get to go. Ooh, that's, that's big, dude. I love it. What do you think's gonna ha- what do you think's gonna happen when you walk in the door, Trevor, and they see that your phone's not in the tray? They're probably gonna take it, especially McKinley, my oldest, she's gonna take it out of my hand and put it over there. That's what's gonna happen, man. It's like the ultimate accountability. I love it. There you go. I love it. Dude, so I, I want people to to kind of reflect on on this process here. Okay. And this is one of the reasons I want to bring Jeff on is is I know for me. What impacted me the first time that I heard Jeff speak on another podcast was the questions he asks. And a lot of the questions he asks are coming straight out of the book, The One Thing, right? So go get the darn book. If you have not read that book, that's your step one. Go get the book and read it and put the focusing question in front of you wherever you're going to see that all the time. But then the, the, the next thing I want you guys to do is really engage in everything they've got over there. Now, this podcast is not like to, hey, go just carte blanche. We're trying to sell everything in one thing. I'm doing this because... I know the difference it's already made in my life. And I know that the questions that Jeff has asked in this call are the tip of the iceberg. Okay. And uh, the process right there, dude, first of all, I want to, I want to, I just really appreciate you asking those questions and taking me through it because oftentimes it's the obvious things that are sitting in front of us that we know the answers of it. But until you go through that process, for some reason, there's not this conviction that that's okay. That's what I'm doing, you know? And it was so powerful just going through that. I've got the 66-day challenge calendar up here in front of me. So everyone go to the one thing.com with the number one. Go click free stuff just like I did five minutes ago. Download the 66-day challenge. Print that off and pick your power habit out of the seven circles that Jeff mentioned that um, you want to work on. And I'm going to tell you how this has impacted my life in the last few minutes we've gotten this podcast is I went through a similar process. Uh, I didn't print off the, the I didn't print off the calendar. I'm going to do it this time, but I went through a similar process with the working out. And uh, before, what I was always trying to do was I would I would go, okay, I need to get in better shape. Um, I want to work out three days a week. You know, I'd have these things that that by doing that that would equal success. And what would happen is if I worked out two days a week mentally, I was thinking, well, ah, it's like I didn't succeed there. So there, therefore, it was this it wasn't this good cycle. And leading into 2018. Every single year for the past six or seven years, this one thing that has always led to the next year has always get in the best shape of my life this year. And for six years in a row, that carried over to the next year. 
I'm going to finally get in my, the best shape this year so I can be there better for my family, so I can be there longer and more healthy and be there better for my friends who, when we want to go mountain biking, it's more fun and we're, we have fellowship and I'm not making excuses for not going because it's a hard segment and I'm not in shape, you know, dumb stuff like that. So I did this process. I sat down and went, what's the one thing that I can do today that's going to not, in, in my mind at that time, it wasn't make it easier. It was like, what's one thing that I can do today that will guarantee 100% guarantee I will work out and I will be in great shape. This mm. next year. And I started to look through that list and it was like, well, I have a tough time with like my workout plan. If I don't have a workout plan, I struggle with it. And if someone sends me one, that's still not it. So I probably need a trainer to be here at, in the, at this case in my life to help create the habit. And then it was like, I've already tried all four gyms. So proximity for me was important. And well, we've got a bunch of space here at the office. Can we make a gym here? And then it was accountability. Who else on my team has a similar uh, uh, issue that they want to work through? Can can we do that? So that that day, my one thing was get together with my assistant and have her go get four personal trainers that match these criteria um, by Wednesday, and I will decide by Thursday who we're going to hire. And like literally, it was like that was it. It wasn't get in better shape. It wasn't schedule my first workout. It was email Jen or Slack Jen in this case, and have her get four personal trainers to me tomorrow, please. That was it. And dude, the habit's been amazing. It changed my life. More energy. I have been more present than before now, but now I'm like, I need to take it to the next level. I really want to be not, I don't want to be more present. I want to be fully present. And that's where I'm going for now. And for those of you listening to this, please, please, please give, give yourselves the credit to find the habits in your life that you need to nail and go to the one thing with number one.com and download every resource, listen to every podcast they have. Now, Jeff, I know we only have a couple minutes here. I could talk for hours and hours on this, but what are you the most passionate about right now? You get to talk about, you get to talk with a lot of entrepreneurs. What message are you the most passionate right now delivering that you know is making the biggest difference for people other than the one thing question? Episode 100 uh, of the One Thing Podcast has been the uh, number one most downloaded episode I've ever done. Um, it was with Susan Scott. It says something about fierce conversations. Um, halfway through the episode, you want to talk about people who ask great questions. She does. She's one of the people I model. She's one of the people I surround myself with intentionally to learn to ask better questions. Um, the tables got turned on me. I realized that all of the stress in our business, all of my dissatisfaction with where our business was came from the fact that uh, I was making a mistake in my personal finances. How many of you listening to this have allowed your lifestyle to rise to meet or exceed your level of income? We find 99.9999999999% of people if they're honest, we'll say yes to that. I found myself making short-term decisions in our business to try to make more money to put into my personal pocket. I was chasing short-term gain over building long-term viable growth in our company. I have been going on a road to developing the habit of making a lifestyle match a budget, whether that budget be a really big budget or a really small budget, to be able to say, this is the budget, create a lifestyle to match because that's what it takes to earn the right to run the company. And I think there are a lot of people listening to this who 
have fallen into the story that society tells around make more money, get the flashy car, get the bigger house so you can fill it with the nice furniture so you could put the tchotchkes in it so that you can impress the people that you don't actually care about and you get trapped. So I would have a real honest conversation with yourself about what actually matters to you. Where in your world are you valuing superficial things? Because deep down, you need to have a conversation with yourself. And what will it look like to develop the habit of developing a lifestyle to match a budget? Because that's how true wealth is built over time. Dude, that's such a great answer. And, and I did listen to that, that episode, episode 100. So I suggest you guys go to iTunes, wherever you listen to podcasts, find episode 100, subscribe to it, please. I mean, I've got it right here on my iTunes and listen to almost episode episode that comes out within a week of it going out. And uh, that's a biggie, man. And that's one thing like, that's one thing I feel I do really, really well at um, that side of it. So if there's anything that I can do, a man that, that uh, even if it's just having combos, cause that's something I feel like I've done insanely well at as, even as we've grown the business, that that'd be really, really fun to be able to add value to you or whoever else is going through that, that, uh, that journey themselves. So, man, I know uh, you've got commitments uh, and I want to get you out and I just appreciate you spending this time with us, investing this time with us. And um, I know everyone who's listening to this, the thousands of people who, who down those, th- this episode, there's going to be those people, like you said, who listen to this and go, man, that's really great information. And they catalog it away and they don't do anything with it. <laughs> they're going to, pr- they're going to press pause and then they're going to go check email. Cause that's where extraordinary yeah. results lie. <laughs> that's right, man. Right. And then there's going to be people who listen to this and have a conviction. They go to the one thing.com with the number one, they decide which of those things, are the biggest thing they need to work on in their life. They get the, the one thing book, then they implement and execute. And I want to hear the stories from those of you who implement and execute over the next several months, please send them through to me, uh, send them through any way that you can follow Jeff. And we'll, we'll, we'll finish with that on social, send them through to them on how that's impacting your life. Because that's why I do, I, I do what I do for business. We do this so we can help our entrepreneurs have more freedom, flexibility, the financial side of it. So it unleash those. So you can finally make the impact you want to make because so many businesses trap you, but you have to have consistency. You have to have some sort of predictability in your business and life in order to get that freedom and the flexibility that we want. So Jeff, thank you for coming on, helping our clients do that. Where can people follow you guys and uh, where should people go check you out? Yep. The one thing.com with the number one, the URL, uh, the book and the podcast is the one thing and it's all spelled out the O N E thing podcast. And uh, yeah, I would, I would pick whichever free resource you want to start with and, and go there. And one of the things, if you do end up following the podcast, uh, what we often ask our listeners to do, and this is part of the way we hold them accountable to taking action is, um, if there's something in this episode that really helped you leave it as a review and be very specific, you know, I listened to episode, whatever, this is the takeaway that I got. And this is how I implemented it. That does two things. One, um, you empower a lot of people because people see that, right? It's social proof. It also, the reviews come straight to us. So we see it, we know that you took the action. And so there's, there's a lot that happens by doing that one thing. I love it. Jeff, thank you very much. Everyone have an amazing rest of the week. Implement it. Go get the book, The One Thing. Thank you. Well, there you have it. My conversation with Trevor Mock, the interview that I did for the Carrot Cast. What are your ahas, folks? Out of everything that we covered in this episode, what's the one thing that you can do? Such that by doing it, would make everything else easier or unnecessary. You've heard that F.M. Alexander quote that people don't decide their futures. They decide their habits and their habits decide their futures. Are you happy with the habits that you formed over the last 12 months? 
What habit are you forming right now? Intentionally or unintentionally? Let's go there. What habits are you unintentionally forming right now? Activities that you're doing every single day that you know aren't the right activities, but on a small scale, it just, you're failing so slowly, you think you're succeeding. And over time, if you continue to fail just that small amount every single day, suddenly there will be extraordinary loss in your life. Gradually, then suddenly. How can you change it? What's that activity that you can do today? That small activity that you can do that maybe doing it today, you're not gonna see the results. You're not gonna drop down, do 20 burpees, look up and all of a sudden be able to do your laundry on your stomach. Yet, if you did it every day, would that transform how much you work out? Would that transform the foods that you eat? Would it transform how much sleep that you get? And would you wake up one day and be like, goodbye laundry machine and hello washboard abs? Maybe, maybe not. You get the idea though. The path to getting everything you want starts by getting one thing at a time. Think big and go small. If this episode has helped you, please leave a review. Mention that you listened to episode 130 where we were talking about habits and being present and what your aha was. Please share it. We love to see your reviews. For example, Jeff E., posted that he's been listening for a long time and always finds the content inspiring and usable. He just listened to episode 124 and here's what he did about it. He said, I'm shifting to a relationship mindset in which I ask myself one question in every conversation I have. What can I do to help this person? (laughs) Jeff, I love that you took action, brother. Thank you. What action will you take today? And will you share it with us? so that we can spotlight you on a future episode. Thank you so much for your time and attention. If you are not yet subscribed, please click that subscribe button so all future episodes are automatically downloaded to your device. And we look forward to being with you in the next episode.